What's up, everybody? Welcome into another emergency edition of the Celtics Talk podcast. Feels like we have more emergency editions than real editions right now, but I actually need you. Okay, we're going to get into the big news of the day. Ime Adoka hired by the Celtics, the 18th head coach. we got a lot of great interviews coming up with some media members about what the Celtics are getting in their new coach, but I do need to rewind just slightly. Me and Jay King from The Athletic recorded a pod late last night, even though we kind of had a hunch this news was coming. Uh, we didn't do a lot of talking about the coach because, you know, again, we sort of figured we'd have, be talking about that moving forward, but a lot of good talk in there about Marcus Smart's future with this team, a lot of the roster decisions ahead, I hope. After you listen to this episode, you can go rewind because that was a really fun conversation about where the Celtics are headed, especially in the aftermath of the Kemba Walker deal. But the reason you are here and the reason you are listening right now is because you're trying, like me, to figure out what the Celtics got in their next head coach, Ime Adoka, the former San Antonio assistant, since seven, spent seven seasons down there with Pop, won a title in 2014, goes up and spends a year in Philadelphia on Brett Brown's staff. A little guy named Al Horford was a part of that team as well, so he's got some connections beyond even just the core of this team, which he spent time with in 2019 with Team USA as part of Popovich's staff. Uh, on that group that went overseas for FIBA. So Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, all got a little glimpse of what it would be like to work with Adoka. And I think that played a large part in both the players being on board with this hire and Ime being interested in this opportunity. 43 years old, you know, again, a former NBA player, seven seasons in the league. The one word you're going to hear pretty often, including in these interviews, is he's a grinder. He had to work his way through the G League or the D League back in the day just to get his NBA opportunity, went overseas a whole bunch, just trying to carve out a role. The other thing I know from talking to people is defensive specialist. I think that's really going to shine through. I think that's part of what intrigues Brad Stevens. The Celtics have always had that calling card, that defensive DNA kind of went missing last year. Part of the reason the Celtics had so many troubles and it feels like Ime is being brought in with the opportunity to reestablish that. And I can't wait to see what he does. Again, I roll my mind goes back to 2013 when Brad Stevens gets hired. And okay, we knew what he could do at Butler, but it was like, what would he be able to do at the NBA level? Well, Adoka doesn't have any head coaching experience, but he's just been able to grasp so much. You think about working with those Spurs teams and Tim Duncan and, and, and then coming up to Philadelphia, working with Joel Embiid. And then this year with the Nets and their super team that they have. So uh, really excited to see what he can do with Jason and Jalen, especially, and maybe Marcus Smart, if that's part of that core. Again, go listen to that other episode as we get into that. But uh, we had a bunch of guests on early edition, Phil Perry hosting, got a chance to talk to Brian Scalabrini, Jackie McMullen, Jeff Goodman, and Amina Smith. We all sort of sounded off and gave our opinions on the Celtics' latest head coach and what we envision moving forward. Let's get into those interviews with Phil Perry. Well, as we bring in Brian Scalabrini and Scal, we ask you first and foremost, did the Celtics hire the right guy? Yeah, I mean, it's hard when you look at assistant coaches and say, hey, I know this guy is going to absolutely work out. But like you said, in the beginning of your monologue, the guy has put in the work. He's played at different places. He's succeeded. He's failed as a player. He's been cut. He's been traded. And he has coached everywhere and learned under a lot of different great coaches out there. So when you look at that, typically, in my opinion, those guys usually succeed. But I think the biggest thing that you said was 
the fact that Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Marcus Smart, they, they know him from USA Basketball, and they all gave the thumbs up when, when they had communication with Brad Stevens. I think this was in the works a long time ago. I think they knew who they wanted to hire, and they were just kind of keeping it under wraps playoffs, and, you know, they lost to eventually the Brooklyn, I mean, the, the Milwaukee Bucks. Yes, Kel, it certainly sounds like this will work in the Celtics' favor, the fact that there is a pre-existing relationship there between Udoka and some of their core players. But would you have preferred a bigger name, maybe somebody who had more success as a player in the NBA, somebody like Chauncey Billups as the next Celtics head coach because of what that might have meant for the players that are already on the roster? I don't think that that stuff matters. I know, like, in the media, they say that that kind of stuff matters. I don't think it matters to players. I think it ma what matters to players is, are you giving me the right information for me to succeed? And, you know, I and I think... I don't think players look at a guy who's bounced around, a guy who's put in the work or paid his dues as a negative thing. I think sometimes they might think of that as a positive thing. I'm sure Jason Tatum looks at Amy Nadoka and says, uh, coach, like you coached Kevin Durant. How can I get to that Kevin Durant level? And this is my experience of being there. What's it like, you know, being under a guy with a very different personality like a Tim Duncan? So you, you, you can gain stuff from... Uh, Coach Udoka's experience. So I, I'm sure that these guys are going to pick his brain about how they can become the best player available. Not necessarily, hey, how did you do it as a player? You know, I think as a coach, you learn that you learn a lot from, you know, the superstars that you coach. Scal, any concern on your end that the Celtics now have a first year head coach and a first year front office chief in Brad Stevens? No, not really. I don't. The way I look at the Celtics right now is. I don't look at them as championship level. I look at them as transitional, not rebuild. They're not going to all of a sudden be a bottom five team, you know, waiting for the lottery balls to bounce around. I, I look at them as like a team transitioning into becoming a championship level team. And when I, and I, and I said this with the Al Horford move with Kemba Walker, Al Horford is a guy who enhances Jalen and Jason. Everybody they get on this roster moving forward will enhance the play of Jalen and Jason. And that can be a lot of different ways. Could be a pick and pop guy. It could be a guy who spaces the floor, knocks down shots. Could be a big time defender out there. So there's a lot of different ways to enhance your two best players. But I think that is the message going forward. Try to improve those two guys. If those two guys become top 10 players in the NBA, the Celtics are once again battling for a championship. I don't think that they're there as of right now, but hey, after a good summer, a, a couple additions, and some momentum in the regular season, maybe they can get there by the end of the year, but I still hold true. I think it takes two top 10 players to win a championship. When it comes to that theme of enhancing your two best guys, Cal, what can Udoka specifically do in his new role, on his end, that will help make those guys better. They're already great players, right? They're already all-stars among the best in the league. But what can he do as a coach to take those games, those guys' games, to new heights? I think the biggest thing for those two will always be their playmaking. If those guys make people around them better, if those guys can have the ball in their hands more, and like Jalen Brown, for an example, he had one game against Toronto, he had 10 assists. That was a game where Semi Ojale and Peyton Pritchard went off from three. He preceded that game with 65 minutes without having an assist. You want more consistency in the playmaking department. And I think both these guys can be good at that. Maybe they could one day be great at that. But you can't be average at that if you're the best player on the team. Just look around the NBA. 
most of the guys who are playing at an extremely high level, at least at least wings that are playing at a high level with the ball in their hands, they're usually making plays for people around them. Even guys like Kevin Durant with a limited roster, he made people around him better as well. So I, my whole thing would be focused on those two guys. I'm looking forward to the first time we lose and I can walk in there and put my arm around him and say, I've lost a ton here. Like, let's go get a coffee. Let's go grab a beer. Like, let's, it's okay. Like, it's, it's part of the long journey. Brad Stevens found a new drinking buddy, hiring Nets assistant Ime Udoka as the Celtics' next head coach. Now, let's get to know Udoka. He's 43. He's been an assistant for nine seasons with stops in San Antonio, Philly, and most recently Brooklyn. He coached Tatum, Brown, and Smart in the 2019 FIBA World Cup. And he's engaged to actress Nia Long, who's best known to me as Will Smith's girlfriend Lisa in the acclaimed series The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. I'm sure a lot of people feel like that maybe the most important fact that they will learn about Udoka all night here tonight, but we're going to hit you with plenty more. And with that, we bring in Jackie McMullen and Jeff Goodman. Jackie, what do you know about Ime Udoka? When I say that name to you, what are some of the first things that come to mind? Well, and I'm sure Jeff will concur with this, uh, Phil. The first thing you hear throughout the league today is, what took so long for Ime to get this opportunity? I think he's so well-respected throughout the league. And I think he's a great fit with Brad Stevens. When I think about Brad Stevens, I think of someone that is not a self-promoter, that likes to stay under the radar and just do his work. Someone who's a defensive first coach in many ways, who believes in the pillars of consistency and character, all the things that the San Antonio Spurs have represented an organization that we know Brad Stevens has openly admired, and Ime is part of that coaching tree. And as for the players endorsing him, that is wonderful, but don't be mistaken. When need be, the word on the street is Ime can be a hard-nosed guy with his players, fair, but, uh, but can be hard-nosed, and I think uh, that's something the Celtics team could use. Yeah, I mean, the, the word I got more than anything today was, was the work ethic and a grinder. You know, this is a guy that battled in, in the D-League and overseas to get to the NBA and stay in the NBA. I mean, he started 75 games for Portland one year, played three years in San Antonio, and then, oh, by the way, Greg Popovich hired him as an assistant coach. So that, that shows what Pop thought of him in his basketball mind. I talked to Rudy Gay, who's played in the league forever today, and, and he said the one great thing about Ime is that He's going to give it to you straight. A lot of assistant coaches tell you what they think you want to hear. Ime is going to give it to you the way you need to hear it. And, and he's got that kind of perfect blend of personality. He can be tough when he needs to be, but he can also kind of have fun and connect with players on a different wavelength than a lot of other guys. So he has plenty of credentials, but Jeff, is he the right coach for this team, for these Boston Celtics? Listen, neither one or Jackie can answer. We can't answer that one yet. I mean, it's going to take time before we figure that out. Obviously, he doesn't have the name of Chauncey Billups. But again, nobody thought Brad Stevens, you know, when, when, when he was hired with the Celtics, would do as well as he did early. And then over the last year or so, would be in a position where he'd be not on the bench coaching this year. So we've got to see. Obviously, he's 43 years old. The players, Jason Tatum, Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, Kemba, they all liked him from all accounts from when they, you know, played for him 
when he was a coach on, on the world championship team back in 2019. So that helps. They have some familiarity, but ultimately what matters winning, if they win, then these guys are going to respect him and they're going to follow him. And if he's smart and he can connect with them and get off to a good start, it's going to make life easier. Hey, Jackie, Jeff is right, of course, right? We have no idea how this is actually going to play out. But knowing what we know of Ime Udoka, do you feel like this is going to work the way the Celtics are hoping it's going to work in terms of being somebody who can create the connections that Jeff's talking about? who can grind the way that they're expecting him to grind and bring everything to the table that'll help take the Celtics where they're hoping to go. I, I think so, Phil. I actually talked to some folks in the Brooklyn Nets. I was in Milwaukee last week with the Nets. I got a chance to talk to some people there knowing that Ime was one of the strong candidates. One of the things they, their staff told me was what, one of the things he did was connect almost immediately with James Harden when he came over. And as you know, Harden came over there a little battered with a, a very pu public perception that wasn't so hot. And he really calmed him down. One of his specialties, as we talked about, is defense. You can see the, the defensive commitment Harden made with that team, with the Nets. So, of course, it's possible. The one thing I will say, um, what Scal said earlier about uh, the, this idea of a name with, with stars is media-driven. I'm going to clap back on that. I mean, I'm, I've been working with the Atlanta Hawks here over the last few weeks, and one of the things that Trey Young said was the reason he's responded so well to Nate McMillan is because he knows that Nate was a point guard in the league and not only played with Gary Payton, but coached Gary Payton later on. So I think to discount that entirely would be a mistake. Now, I don't know that Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart put a lot of stock in that. But to say flatly that players don't care about that, I think is, is inaccurate. Yeah, I mean, listen, it, it comes down to also the personnel, right? I mean... Brad Stevens has to be able to give Ime Odoka a, a point guard, a frontline point yeah. guard now. Marcus Smart and Peyton Pritchard probably aren't going to get it done where you're going to be any better than seventh in the East next year. So ultimately, Ime Odoka, you, you got to give him something else beyond Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown to work with here to be able to connect. I, I think he's going to be a guy that helps connect the locker room and get these guys to play hard. That's almost the number one thing of a coach these days is get these guys to play at maximum effort uh, and play for him. And I think from all accounts, he's going to be able to do that. All right, Jackie, Jeff, stay right there. We're going to come right back to you. But this topic of what matters to Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart matters. Here's a tweet from the Boston Herald, Mark Murphy from earlier today. He says, quote, per league source, the Tatum-Brown-Smart axis was consulted. The Celtics wouldn't do anything unless key players were on board with it. So we're going to welcome Scal back. We're going to welcome in Amina Smith. And Amina, let's start with you. How important is it, in your opinion, that these guys, this core, is okay with Ime Udoka as their next boss? It's super important. We talked about this leading up to this hire about what type of coach would need to come into this locker room. And it had to be a coach that this locker room was going to respect, that they could level with. And I didn't expect, I didn't not expect, you know, Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown or Marcus Smart, this core, to not have a say in this entire process. When you take a look at the NBA and the league, we're seeing players have more autonomy. We're, we're seeing players uh, have a say in who's in the front office, who's coaching. So it would be crazy if the Celtics didn't consult their core players with this decision right here. Scout, should it be consultation or should it be ultimate decision-making 
on the part of guys like Tatum and Brown because consulting is one thing, but don't you want those guys to feel like they have their number one choice on the sidelines coaching them up? I mean, there's a lot of different ways to have success in the NBA. I'm sure that, uh, you know, going back to what Jackie Mack was saying, like, you know, there's been all kinds of coaches who have never played who have had success. There's been players who have, have stepped up and said they want a certain guy and they go a different direction. I think there was a point in time where the Lakers wanted Mike D'Antoni and that didn't work out. They went with a different, they, they, they go a different direction. They finally figure out a way to win. So like, I don't, I don't know if there's one way to do it. I do believe nowadays that players do want to have a voice, which means that they'll give you more effort throughout the season and they won't turn their back on a guy. But I will mention that no matter what, and we have to understand this, if a guy can't coach, then players aren't going to listen to them, even if they went out there and they say, this is the guy I want. I don't think that's the case with Emi Udoka. I think that, I think that he has been, uh, he's been through the ringer. He's coached a lot of different places, but ultimately you have to be able to coach to make sure your players are getting the most out of you. Like when, when the Celtics hired Brad Stevens, did they consult with Rajon Rondo at the time? Did they consult with any of their players at the time? And Brad ended up being a pretty good coach. Scale, what does it mean, the fact that we've heard these last few hours now that Marcus Smart has had input with this all-important decision? Does this mean he's on the roster for 2021 and beyond? Because it felt like just a few days ago that that may be up in the air. I mean, I think the way that the Celtics roster is constructed right now, I, I think that you definitely got to have... So sorry. You, you definitely got to have Marcus Smart as the starting point guard on this team. I think he's a great fit for the starting point guard for this team. So I do think that Brad Stevens wants Marcus Smart. He has great value. And if the NBA allows a little bit more contact, which they alluded to, that they're going to allow the defensive players to have a little bit more contact than they gave this year, then Marcus Smart is invaluable at his number for this team. Marcus Smart trying to chime in there calling up Scal and saying, yeah, of course I'm going to be around this coming season and beyond. What are you talking about, Perry? I mean, we've also heard, you know, and, and Jalen Brown tweeted this recently, back when there were seven teams still left in the postseason, the fact that there were four black head coaches that were coaching those seven teams. Clearly, this feels like this was an important step for this team to take to these players, how important do you think it was? It's super important. You look at the NBA, it's 75% African-American males. You look at the roster for this Celtics team, it's mostly African-American males, a reflection of the NBA as well. You, The players, what they want, they want to see that reflection in their head coaches, in leadership positions, especially you talk about Jalen Brown, and obviously we know that Jalen Brown is, is very strong on social justice and issues surrounding race, and that's going to be something that's important to this locker room. They want to feel like they have someone that they can level with that respects them that knows the issues that they're going through both on and off the court and not to say that Brad Stevens didn't lend in listening ear or can't understand those things but at the same time it's different coming from a black head coach knowing that he's been in that position both on and off of the court all right well Brad Stevens uh, had this to say a few weeks back about the challenge of replacing Brad Stevens uh, the good news about um, whoever we hire they don't have to fill Doc Rivers' shoes like I did, and they don't have to fill Danny Ainge's shoes now like I do. Um, so that's a, uh, you know, the good news is they just have to, you know, figure out a way to, um, you know, be better than the last guy. All right, thanks again to Brian Scalabrini and Amina Smith. We bring back Jackie McMullen and Jeff Goodman here. Jeff, let's start with you. 
what does Ime Udoka have to clean up in terms of whatever was ailing this team last season behind the scenes? Well, I think number one, right, they got to be healthy. You got to get healthy for next season. They weren't that this year. That's not an excuse. That's reality. Uh, number two, you got to get them to be playing together. And, and as I've said, you know, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are your two best players. Somehow you've got to get these guys to where they play off each other, feed off each other, making each other's life easier. Now, I think the best way to do that is to bring in a point guard who can make both of their lives easier, whether it's Kyle Lowry, whether it's Alonzo Ball, somebody like that. I don't know if they can afford it. I don't know if they can swing it, but I would rather see them go after a top-notch point guard than give the money to, to say, an Evan Fournier and a shooter. I think without a, without a high-level point guard, this team isn't going any further than it went this year. I, I agree. I will say this, too, Jeff. There's a glut of bigs on this roster, and they've got to move one or two of those bigs, and maybe that's how you get to this point guard. You're talking, I'll throw another name at you, at you. Goran Dragic is a name that I think they should consider. And it's interesting you talk about this quote-unquote mess. There's, this was the most coveted job in the league because of those two players, Jason Taylor and Jalen Brown. Let's remember, too, they're 23 and 24 years old. So in my mind, uh, part of it is just literally maturation. What I want to see from those guys, and we talked about consistency a lot, is consistency on both ends of the floor. We talked about consistency as a playmaker. Scal made a great point there, but also consistency on the defensive end of the floor. When those guys played on that World Cup team where Ime was the assistant, Popovich was challenging Jason Tatum to become Paul George, to be one of the elite two-way players in the league. There's no doubt in my mind Jason Tatum has the ability to be that kind of player but we didn't always see that this year when he he tended when when things weren't go well offensively he would tend to get frustrated and forget about the defensive end of the floor on occasion those are all things that i'm looking for as you go forward and, and a lot of it for me is going to be Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are simply going to be a year older. They're both under 25 years old. The best of them is yet to come. We we haven't seen the best of either one of those guys yet. Here's a glance at Ime Udoka's playing and coaching career. His seven NBA seasons were spent with the Lakers, Knicks, Blazers, Spurs, and Kings. From 2012 to 2019, he was an assistant with the Spurs uh, under Greg Popovich, where he was part of a team that won that title in 2014. He was a Sixers assistant for the 2019-2020 season, and this past season he served as an assistant under Steve Nash in Brooklyn. All right. We welcome back Jackie McMullen and Chris Forsberg into the show here. Forsberg, let's start with you. We haven't heard from you yet. What was your reaction when you heard the Celtics were hiring Ime Udoka? First off, hi, Jackie. Good to see you. How are you, Chris? Uh, and I miss you. I, I, I miss you as well. This pandemic is weird. Um, so my first reaction, honestly, Phil, is that the Celtics are making a lot of decisions that just make sense right now. And sometimes it's like easy to overthink these things. But even like the Kemba trade, we sat there and said, you know, it's Kemba Walker to Oklahoma City makes a lot of sense. And then Brad Stevens takes over and just goes out and does it. M.A. Odoka has proven himself ready to be an NBA head coach who is set up to thrive in a situation like this, who checks all the boxes that the Celtics should be looking for in a coach. And instead of overthinking it, the Celtics went out there and made him their 18th head coach in franchise history. So uh, I, I, I really like the hire. I'm eager to see how this locker room adapts to him and his voice, how he handles stepping into the spotlight as a head coach. But 
you know, all the, the suggestions along the way have been that he can command that room. And I, I, I'm eager to see if he can get Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown to go to another level. Jackie, I wanted to follow up on something that you mentioned earlier in the show, which is just, you know, with a little bit more time, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, they should be able to maybe take their games to a new level. And we talked a little bit about the team building aspect and what the Celtics need there. But do you think that there were lines of communication that were broken between the players and the head coach's office while Brad Stevens was there? And do you think Udoka can fix them? I don't know about lines that were broken, but there was clearly frustration across the board. Uh, the team underperformed by everybody's standards. Now, you can talk about the, the games missed to COVID. You can talk about those injuries. Those, those are all legitimate things. But, you know, I think uh, Kemba struggling with the knee was, was an issue. Uh, Tatum coming back from COVID and trying to recover from that. There were just so many things going on. And the, one of the big problems, I thought, was they had a short bench, an almost non-existent bench, quite honestly. So when you had those injuries, your team just simply couldn't perform at a high enough level to compete in the NBA night after night. And I think some of those, they, were, they had a, a bunch of great guys at the end of the bench, but they weren't really... To me, NBA caliber players, you could help your team. So if I'm Ime, I want to fill out that bench with players that I can turn to on my bench and say, I need you to come in for a seven, eight, nine, ten minutes and give me something meaningful. Chris, I don't know if you heard earlier in the show, but Jackie mentioned that with the Hawks means a lot for some of these players that Nate McMillan had the playing career that he had and that maybe his message resonates a little differently because of that. Chauncey Billups was a name that we've heard throughout this hiring process for the Celtics. Would that have been your first choice? And what do you think of the fact that they did not end up with Chauncey Billups? Did he tell the Celtics maybe, thanks, no thanks, or was it the other way around? Well, I mean, like, Adoka played seven NBA seasons. I know he didn't play and, and succeed to the level that Chauncey Billups did, but, you know, I think sometimes we sit here and say, oh, Chauncey Billups has these Celtics roots. He played, played 50 games here before they, they shipped him out uh, uh, too fast and continued his career. And, and, and let's face it, like as much as Chauncey has accomplished in, in uh, his career, he, he hasn't been on a bench very long. I think Adoka has sort of paid his dues and, and prepared himself for this role. And, you know, Chauncey may very well be ready based on his experience. Steve Nash didn't have that time on the bench and he was able to jump right in there. But uh, this just feels like someone that Brad Stevens would instantly gravitate towards and would like and feels like it would be the right voice in this locker room. And it just goes back to what you guys were talking about. Like, did, did they, did they not listen to Brad? Like, I just think Doc Rivers used to say it, right? Like there's only, there's a certain shelf life that you have before your voice just isn't as powerful before it just doesn't resonate the way it did. And I just, for whatever reason, you know, the confluence of events, it just left it where Brad's voice maybe wasn't as strong and they needed someone new to come in here and try to take this thing over. And we'll see if Udoka can do that. You know, it's funny you mentioned that, Chris. Larry Bird thought that it was a three-year window. Remember, he was he had taken the Pacers to the final, the NBA Finals, and was out after three years resigning because he thought after that point, um, guys tune out. So that's an interesting point. You know, listen, I think he made Doka's going to be great. I'm excited, too. Would I have liked to see Chauncey Billups get the job? That would have been great, too. I, I've known Chauncey a long time. I know he's a student of the game. I think he will be the head coach somewhere in this league this year. I don't know if it's going to be the Portland Trailblazers who have him on their very short list. If, it, if he's not there, I guarantee you Chauncey Billups will end up as a head coach by the time this carousel stops. Uh, but to me, I don't think you have buyer's remorse either way. This is your guy. 
To me, he fits, as I said earlier, Brad Stevens' personality. He's not a, a big self-promoter. He's very interested in defense. He's put in the work. He, he, he really believes in the Spurs culture, which I think Brad Stevens has tried to fashion the Celtics after in some regards. So if you're Brad Stevens and you're starting this new job that you've never been in before, you want to make sure you're going to be in this with someone that, that's somewhat like-minded. And I think he found someone that is very much like-minded. Yeah, we talk a lot about how the coach and the players were, will interact, how the coach and the former coach, the coach's new boss, Brad Stevens, interact may be as important. Jackie McMullen, Chris Forsberg, thank you both very much. We're headed back to the Twitter sphere. Now Jeff Goodman tweeted after the news broke, just spoke to Spurs forward Rudy Gay on new Celtics head coach Ime Udoka, who spent 2012 through 2019 as an assistant in San Antonio. Gay says he's a hard worker. He coached under a guy named Greg Popovich, but everyone on the team and the staff respected Ime. He's got the perfect balance. He'll laugh and joke, but knows how to be serious. A lot of assistants tell you what you want to hear. Ime will give it straight to you. I don't think he'll back down from anyone in any kind of situation. And so we bring back Jeff Goodman and Amina Smith. Jeff, is Ime Udoka set up to be a Popovich-like type of head coach? Because I think a lot of us think of Popovich as sort of an old-school guy. Is that what we should be expecting from Ime Udoka, or will he just take elements of that Popovich style and implement them here in Boston? Yeah, from talking to people who have worked with him, they tell me that he will take elements from Popovich, and, and that's why he was in Philadelphia a couple of years ago running the defense. Uh, this past year, uh, obviously, he was with the Nets, he was second in charge of the defense behind Jacques Vaughn. So he's been a defensive-minded coach. He, he preaches toughness, but the key for him, again, is adaptability. That's going to be the biggest thing for Ime Adoka, is being adaptable to today's players in today's game. Yeah, Ime, if, if he, or, I'm sorry, Amina, if Ime Udoka is this type of coach that, that can be kind of a grinder and maybe a little bit hard and, and dish out some hard coaching, how do you feel like Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown would handle that? I think they'd handle it very well. I mean, from an athlete perspective, I mean, that's what you want. You want a coach that's going to give it to you straight, no chaser. I don't need any fluff or anything like that. And that's exactly what this team needs. We saw them underperform this past season, and we saw that, you know, Brad Stevens really wasn't able to connect to that locker room. He really wasn't able to pull out the best in those players, especially the core players like Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown at the right time. So if Ime Udoka, if he's, you know, he has a, a little bit of both, right? He can relate to players and be easy sometimes, but he's hard when he needs to be. I think that's the, the right thing that this team needs right now. Do you have any concern on your end that Brad Stevens, having just been a head coach for the vast majority of his professional career, uh, maybe is a little too hands-on with a, with a new coach? I mean, how is this going to work where Ime Udoka's predecessor is going to be in the front office overseeing everything? Is it going to even be possible for Stevens to try to separate himself from everything going on? No, I think Brad's going to be perfect in that regard. He's not going to be a guy who's, you know, who looms large over Adoka and, and is a micromanager. That's not Brad's style. Brad's super smart about that. He's not going to put uh, Adoka in a position that he can't succeed, and he's looking over his shoulder. Uh, again, that's not Brad Stevens. That's never been Brad Stevens. I think that's going to be one of the strengths uh, of Brad Stevens, the general manager, is he'll let Adoka do his thing, step in when he needs to, be a sounding board because Brad Stevens has obviously gone through everything that uh, Ime Adoka is going to have to go through here. 
I think what's going to be key, Phil, and what hasn't been talked about and wasn't talked about enough for Brad Stevens, staff. I think Ime Adoka is going to have to hire a, a top-notch staff. And the thing with him is he's got familiarity with the league. He's been playing and coaching in the league for so long. Brad Stevens didn't have that luxury. You know, he brought in some college guys, guys he didn't know. He had to kind of lean on other people to tell him who to hire. Adoka's got vast knowledge of the NBA, so I think he's going to bring in a high-level staff. I mean, what do you think is next here for Brad Stevens? I mean, he starts this new job. Out goes Kemba Walker, in comes Al Horford, in comes a new head coach. What's next? It seems like Brad Stevens is making all the right moves right now, but the next move would have to be getting a strong point guard. Is it going to be Marcus Smart? Is he going to move to that position? Could it be Alonzo Ball? Uh, you know, could it be a Kyle Lowry in free agency? I think that's the next move that the Celtics need to make. And just like uh, Jeff mentioned earlier, if they don't make that move, then we see them maybe repeat the same season they had in 2020. All right, Jeff, this is something you've mentioned as well. Who is that next point guard, and why is it Rajon Rondo? It, it will not be Rondo. Please, Phil, I don't do to this to me. I just to right in there on you, no? We already did this once, and, and okay. he had, four, you know, three Hall of Famers with him. He's not He'll maybe two. Well, Jason Tatum will be a Hall of Famer. I don't know what he'll have after that. But, um, listen, they need a guy that's going to be a high-level point guard that's going to bring uh, leadership, number one. I think leadership making people around them better. And to me, Kyle Lowry fits everything, right? He fits leadership. He's obviously won an NBA title. He's a veteran. He can score. He can defend. He's tough, all of it. So Lowry would be my number one if you could pull him off in a sign and trade. I love Lonzo Ball as well because he makes people better. He plays the right way. He defends. He's big. He's only 24. He's going to get better. But again, those guys are not going to be easy to get. They're going to command somewhere in the probably $20 million range. Uh, you're going to have to figure out a way to uh, pull off. Again, Trader Brad is going to have to be creative, Brad, to be able to get one of those guys. What would be more creative than bringing back old buddy Rajon Rondo, keeping the decks clear so that you you can make a big move down the line? Okay, I, I don't love the fact that you, you hated my Rondo idea, Jeff, but we thank you very much nonetheless. All right, kind of getting you uh, introduced to the new Celtics coach. Uh, hopefully we'll have an actual introduction to him coming up down the road. In fact, Al Horford is scheduled to speak to reporters on Thursday morning. Might be a reason for another emergency podcast if we get a chance to talk to Al. So uh, make sure you like, subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Check us out on the YouTube page. And again, you know we've, it's off season, but it actually feels busier than the regular season right now because there's so much going on in Celtics land. We've hit you with what I think, you know, and I'm a little bit biased, but some really good pods uh, the last two weeks. You can go check out that episode with Scal where we talk about the Kemba Walker trade. Roll it back just to yesterday, our conversation with Jay King about the, 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 the roster building moving forward. And now today's pod on Ime Adoka. Much more to come this summer. Again, like, subscribe, and we'll catch you next time on the Celtics Talk Podcast.